1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rock Airport Podcast in association with the Sunland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back ahead of the QPR game after the international break. We've had a couple of weeks off from Sunland, unfortunately, because after winning five 0 you don't really want a two week break. But here we are, just ahead of a, another game, and uh, joining me is Chris, as always. Hello, mate
0: don't get me started on this international break. <laughs>
1: any, yeah, you're not a fan of the as anyone. anyone who read the editorial this week uh, <laughs> will have will have witnessed uh, you're not a fan of these international breaks. But you did did you not enjoy the England Scotland game at least a little bit?
0: To be fair that that was more like a club game wasn't it? You know like actually yeah. people made tackles and uh passed the ball.
1: Cuz it was at Hamden there was a better atmosphere. If it'd been at Wembley I probably wouldn't have been as but
0: Oh it was yeah, nice. it's, it's funny, you know. I love it when they kind of belt out "Flower of Scotland," and then you know, half an hour later, they're all crying, and it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's, a good, it's good fun, isn't it?
1: Well, well, I watched it in a pub just where I live, and one of the one of the blokes in the pub was Scottish, and I was I was seeing the MG. I think they get a bit too head up in those early <laughs> stages in the, in the in the anthems and all the rest of it because you know the, everyone's belting the national anthem out, and then there's just the, the, the completely devoid of energy after that. It felt yeah. like they'd well, it, given it all in
0: the anthems. It always reminds me there was a famous clip of Alan Brazil on TalkSport years ago. <laughs> Absolutely hammered at Hamden. <laughs> felt now Flower of Scotland. But uh, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. They just seemed to like blow their beans before, before kickoff, didn't they?
1: Yeah, a bit like us every time we went to Wembley, apart from the last time we went to Wembley. <laughs> get, yeah, but we do it the night like,
0: before.
1: That's what I mean, getting pissed <laughs> up at Trafalgar the night before and then turn up on the day and not having any anything left to give. Anyways, we're, we're, we're completely diverting off the topic here. We're back because Sunderland are playing Queen's Park Rangers in the league. It feels like it should be a game we should win because on paper you look at it, you think QPR, one of the favourites for relegation, haven't got a great home record, we're a decent away team, we've just came off the bat of a good win, Uh, we now have lots of options in the squad, so you look at it and you think, well, we should win this, but the problem with the championship is that whenever you have these games where you feel like you should win, more often than not they can throw up surprises and QPR did that against Borough in the last game, they beat Borough away, they got another decent game, another decent result against Cardiff, but, you know, on paper is this one we should win, do you think
0: I don't know i I'm, I'm, I'm slightly I'm slightly worried about this one, and I shouldn't be really I, I remember thinking just before the season kicked off that i was I was absolutely certain that QPR were going to be one of the whipping boys. I thought they were i mean looking at the table i I generally thought that's you know QPR were going to be where Middlesbrough are now. I thought they were just going to be rock bottom. I thought Ainsworth would do well to last until Christmas. And and I thought as well after getting smashed on the first day of the season at Watford, I thought they're in massive trouble. But I've I've looked at kind of how they've done since, and you know, like you said, they got that good win against uh, Cardiff. They seemed to be fairly unlucky to come out with nothing against Ipswich at home. Give Southampton a run for their money, even though they only had twenty six percent possession at Southampton. But that's Southampton doing their possession thing, keeping the ball for no reason, like they try to do against us. And then they went to Burham one, and bizarrely, and I'm not sure why, I was trying to look into it, but I, there must be, I don't know whether there's a reason, but I was looking, they're the only side to have only played one at home yet. So I don't quite get that, why they've hmm. only played one at home. And in that, obviously, the, it was quite close against Ipswich, but the rest of them have been away from home, which yeah, that is a is bit weird.
1: There's got to be a reason for that.
0: Yeah, I was I was thinking that like Loftus Road was being used for something. I couldn't find out what mm. what that was, but uh, but yeah. So they've only played one at home. So when you see it talking about their home record this season, it's actually considering they're on six points, and you know that's not not the greatest tally in the world, but it, it keeps them four points above the the bottom three, and they've had four away from home in that time. It's not actually too bad for where I thought QPR were going to be. So the the other thing I wanted to that makes us a little bit iffy about the fixture is, I mean, going back to Valentine's Day, when we played them last away, and we won 3-0, and for pe- long periods, it was comfortable, but until Luke 9 scored that opening goal, we were second best. QPR were the better side until we got that opening goal, and I remember Dizelle playing well against us, and, and they looked they looked kind of handy, and it, it, I know it went a bit wrong for them after that, but uh, and, and Patterson had to save a penalty as well. With 20 minutes to go and that that would have made it 1-1 so even though we did dominate for long periods it was uncomfortable at times and I, I just think I just think we've got a game on our hands this weekend and 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 I say that because like you've just I, I feel like agreeing with what you've just said where we should win but at the same time I just think we've got a game on our hands this week and we, should, we need to be a bit careful.
1: Uh, yeah I think you know Ainsworth we know what his teams are going to do, they're going to Waste time. They're going to try and kick us up a height. They're going to draw everything out of the game. They're, they're going to they're going to try and slow us down. Really, aren't they? But you know, I, I just I just look at them and I look at the home record. It's not just this season; it stretches into into last season. You know that I read something about their home form. They've lost twelve of the last sixteen at home. They've only won one in that time. Three draws, and most of them, I would presume, all of them actually have been under Ainsworth. with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know whether his style of football necessarily suits the way they play yet. I don't, I don't know, but they're a funny, funny team to look at because I, I look at QPR and I think, well, they've got some very functional championship players. There are, you know, you look at them on paper. They've got like the likes of Jack colback came in in the summer and Steve Cook came in, who's a very experienced defender. They've got a couple of ex and lads in there as well, Jake Clark-Salter, who's won that. Still terrifies me every time I think of him. (laughs) Um, Jimmy Dunn, who I think I was reading, has been injured but could be back for this weekend. So there's a few names in there we're we're aware of. They've got Asmia Begovic playing in goal for them, who's got a lot of yeah, a lot of top top class experience there. And I know he's a lot older now, but he's you know he's for this level, you'd think he, he should still be able to do it. I was also reading Lyndon Dykes has been injured, but he'll be back at the weekend and. He, he was poor against us last season, but big physical striker who will give the defenders a, a hard game. I'm sure if they're uh, if they're not at it. And Ilias Cher, who's by far and away a their best player, but again, is he somebody who who necessarily fits that Ainsworth style of play? Is he trying to shoehorn him into the team? You know they, they've got they've got players there which I'm aware of, but I don't look at them and think. You know they're scary or anything. I just think that you know it could be one of those games where it becomes attritional and you get drawn into their, <laughs> into their way. I guess, and that's what Ainsworth thrives on, doesn't he? It's, he's made a he's made a career as a manager of doing that with these teams, and yeah, I think it's a case of can we go there and play the way we played against Southampton? It's going to be very tough.
0: Well, they'll they'll let us have the ball because I was looking at looking at their possession stats and the like from the start of the season. And uh, the five games are played so far, they've had 29%, 35%, 38%, 26% and 38% possession. So their wins, the, the win at Borough and the, the defeat against Ipswich at home were their highest percentage kind of in terms of possession stats this season with 38%. So that is Gareth Innsworth all over. <laughs> that's how we, that's how he plays. So they, they don't really want the ball unless they need to. Um, unless they absolutely have to. They're, they're happy to let the other side have the ball. And so we're going to see plenty of the ball, which is in theory a good thing, but it it comes back to this. And we talked to, you mentioned, I think you you mentioned this when we talked after the Southampton game, that we like, like Southampton try to step on us and that creates space. And we like that. We tend to struggle against the sides who let us have the ball and sit on the edge of the box. And we struggle to break them down sometimes. So that's that's gonna be the game. Whether QPR can stop us from breaking them down, whether they can just sit in and whether then they can get something to hang on to. So they're gonna be looking for that one chance. And you know what Gareth? Gareth is just like? He's gonna be waiting for a free kick in the middle of the half, you know, halfway inside their half, they're gonna knock it in, diagonal bolt the back post, corner, they're gonna win a corner, and then they're gonna be all over it. So that that is going to be the game plan, and that's how the game's going to go. That's going to be the whole, you know, where the game's won. Can we break them down? Can they get on the break and they get something to hang on to? Because then they don't even have to step out. They just need to step, stay on the edge of their box and defend. And he's he's building a squad to do that. I mean, I looked at uh, the signing of, um, is it uh, the Morgan Fox at the back that brought in from Stoke? I think he's that yes, type of player.
1: The, the Morgan Fox. He's a he's a he's an experienced but wily. Yeah, isn't he? You know, he's he, you know, very uninspiring I, I mean I'd be gutted if we signed a player like again again though, you look at their transfer business and it's all it just stinks of Gareth Ainsworth, doesn't it? You know yeah, but- call back Cook, Fox, Begovic <laughs> Paul Smith even going back to QPR, who yeah. is a player who a couple of years I think he played against us I'm trying to think who it was for now. It might have been for Wickham or, or Atrington or somebody like that. I think but I can remember him at the stadium. I think it was Atrington at the stadium, I like. Did we draw two all with them? And he he had a really good game, and I think Maguire scored for us. It feels, it feels like four or five years ago now, but he, <laughs> he um, I remember him having a good game against us at the stadium, like, but these are players, when I look at them, and I just think, well, they're just Gareth with all over, but I think he sort of made a career out of getting the most out of players who buy into the sort of battling nature that he,
0: that he likes from his teams. You're right, though, but I would hate some of these players to sign for Sunderland, but you look at... Gareth Ainsworth, you look at QPR and you actually think it's a good signing. <laughs> you just think it fits with with what he wants to do. I mean, Jack Colback in the middle, 33 years old. But for QPR, the way they want to play, it's probably a good signing.
1: He's had a, Well, he's had a good start, hasn't he? I think he's scored a couple of goals yeah. already. From he scored midfield. a Burrard, didn't he? He scored a yeah, second yeah. goal of Burrard. And he's going to be well up for it because it's been a while since he played against Sunderland.
0: Yeah, well, that's it. But but they've got some, like you said, Begovic in goal. I thought it was a cracking sign, and I was I was amazed they they got him to go. I don't know whether he wanted to, you know, whether it was London or or what. But right, he's quite uh, old now. Up. He
1: hasn't played much in recent years, has he?
0: Yeah, he's, been, he's bounced around
1: different clubs on loan and and all the rest of it. And I think at Everton, obviously, he was under understudy to Pickford, wasn't he? So he's probably just went there because he wants to play play games. I you know, thirty six year old, he's probably looking at and thinking, I've got a couple of years left. I need to be playing football. So you yeah. know, but that again, that you, you're right. That's a, I mean, he's a very experienced player. He's played sixty odd games for his country. He was, you know, top boy at Stoke for a long time. He, he played for Chelsea, and then he was the number one at Bournemouth. So, like to me, that would be a, the kind of signing if a low end Premier League team made that signing, just as a yeah. you know a, a sort of stopgap goalkeeper. You would say that's a safe pair of hands and a good signing. And yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's a lot older now than he obviously once was when he was playing. Playing at the top of his game, but he's he's definitely still a, a player, isn't
0: he? Yeah, and I, and I mentioned it before, but I, I always like uh, Andre Dizel when he plays. I always think uh, he's got something about him. Uh, I always think he's a half decent player. I mean, I remember there was a bit of needle in the last one in, in the last game at uh, Loftus Road, and it was Dizel in the middle. He seemed to be all over the shop, and actually for for the first, I'm sure it was like first twenty minutes or something, he was kind of running the show a little bit, and we had to, I'm sure, all nine stuck one on him. As he normally does when he, <laughs> when he sees things like that. I think North 9 had a cracking game. I think he was man of the match. But yeah, I, and actually, it, it's slightly depressing about Andre Dizel because I remember his dad running rings around us at his Rocker Park for for Ipswich um Jason Dizel. But yeah, that's slightly depressing. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, actually, but all this adds up. You know, we're talking, you know, and, and we're talking about uh, QPR, and I think what well, this is their again slightly depressing how long it's been, but it's like their ninth season. I think down in the, in the championship, and they've never finished above ninth. Um, so it tells you something about how QPR have been for almost a decade. They've been just stuck in that bottom half of the of the championship. And but that means, you know, that they've built up this team. We talk about their signings, but that's the team they are. They they are a, they're a t- they're a championship team with traditional championship players. You know, of just them those sloggers those. And you say sloggers, but experienced players who actually know what they what they're doing. They're not world beaters in any way, but actually, they're wily. They get the job done. And with game plan like Ainsworth puts out, like I've just described earlier on, where we're going to be having loads of possession right in front of them, it's exactly what they want.
1: Well, I think you always know what to expect from his teams, and I'm I presume that goes for players that he signs too. That they, they they know what they're they're walking into when when they work with them. So that at least counts for something, doesn't it? When, when it comes to looking at the overall picture, like I don't, they'll struggle this year. They will struggle, yeah. but I, I, I probably fancy them to just stay up ahead of a couple of those teams because like I say, you know, you know what they stand for. They're, they're going to pr- squeeze out results as the season goes on. They're going to scrape by <laughs> and, and, the, and that and that, that's where we've stuck in the past. I mean, to make To me, this is a game, like I say, this is one we've got to win. But at the same time, it's a test of where, sort of, our recruitment this summer and where we're at. Because, I mean, you look at the the last game we played, Southampton, it would be difficult for Tony Mowbray to drop anybody after that game because of the way that it went. We were just so dominant. And I know, and you mentioned it before, it's a completely different type of game. But I was looking at the squad earlier, and I mean, and this is something we we'll probably talk about in a bit, but the depth we've got now, particularly going into this game, because we've got players back from injury, we've got new lads through the door, it's going to be tough for him to even name nine nine subs for this game. So with that in mind, you look at it and you think, well, he's got to pick the same team. He's got to. like If you dropped anybody after the last game, they would they would have a right to be pissed off. And with that in mind, you look at it and you think, well, what are keep your, keep your strengths? They're going to try and time waste. Yes, they're going to let us have the ball. But when they do get that moments, when they get those set pieces, the long throws and all, and, and the free kicks in the corners, can we deal with that? And now, when I look at the team, I, I feel like I feel like we can deal with that. I feel like we've, you know, now we've got Ballard fit, and he's he's like obviously taking up that that role that Danny Bart had last year as the big yeah. dominant defender. O'Nine's good in the air. Etwa's starting to come into his own, and he's physically adept. You know, Bellingham's a big lad. So you're looking around the pitch now, and you're thinking we've got players here who can deal with the physical side of it now, but it's a tough one for Mowbray, isn't it? Because he's not the type of manager who will look at an opponent. He won't be looking at QPR and going, oh, I might bring in, you know, I might bring in Big Hemia because we need extra help on set pieces. I might bring in this player. He's just going to go with the same team and play our way. And, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how the game pans out because he might be made to look a mug for that. But it's going to be hard isn't it to try and justify making any changes
0: yeah absolutely and and actually it was interesting because at the start of that what you said there your your opening sentence you were like you said we've got to win at uh, we've got to win at, at teams like QPR and this is going to be the difference this season between i want to I'm not saying success and failure but it's going to be the difference between those sides who you know the the automatics and the expectations you have in that top 6 between saying, right, we're away from home, we pick up a point, or we're away from home at QPR and we we should win this. And that's the difference between where where the expectations stand. And I think a lot of us, after last season, are thinking, we should go to teams like this and win. And it's just a natural reaction. QPR are going to be in the bottom half. So if we've got aspirations of finishing that top six, these are the games, actually, when you go away from home, you think, right, it's not just go away, get a draw, This week, it's right three points because we're away at this team. And you're right about Mowbray. You know, we think back to Alex Neal. And I remember that run in in League One that led to the playoffs. I remember after every week, Alex Neal would change it up. He'd hardly ever keep the same 11 or the same. He, He was the type of manager where every game was a different game plan. And he set up his side looking at the opposition where Tony Mowbray... We, especially with this Sunland squad that we've got now, is very much, right, we'll do what we do and we'll do it against whoever we're playing because we think we're good enough <laughs> to break them down and beat them, basically, the way we mm. set up. and we, So we don't set up differently. So y- you're right. I mean, how, how do you change that? I mean, Barr had that stinker at Coventry when he came in, turned it around, and then if you kind of drop him, and I don't know... It, the word was before the international break that Roberts might return straight after, but yeah, I, I it wasn't any.
1: expected to keep him out for very long, so
0: yeah, so I haven't seen any updates, so let's assume he's back just for the sake of argument i mean you've that's a big call to just hook bar out, but then you've got to find a place on the bench, and if you've got the likes I mean I suppose you could you could take Taylor off the bench, but you know you've got Oshish who's waiting to to get some minutes. You got Burstor, you got Rusin, and the the talk was Mayenda wasn't that far away. I don't know how close he might be to to getting into the first team squad. And then you had Rigu came on and got the goal. I mean, how do you, you don't take him off the bench because his tails up. Bennett, you know he he did his you know three pirouettes. hat-trick. you don't take him off the bench.
1: I think I think the only thing where Bennett is is the.
0: The international, they're playing in Croatia, aren't they? They're playing against the UAE. They're playing yeah. against Man City's owners, so they're playing <laughs> yeah. in Croatia. So he's got to fly back from Croatia.
1: Yeah. So I, I always think with when you know when you've got people coming back late from internationals and stuff, are they, are they really in consideration. I mean, he, he did well. I imagine if he's come, if he comes back fitting well, he will be on the bench because he, he's obviously earned his place. But
0: how, how? Yeah, but just imagine that you know he comes back, his tails up how much it might knock players like him and Rigg if you take them off the bench. Pritchard mm-hmm. did well when he came on. And then you've got the delicate situation that is Hamir at the minute. You know, he's kind of, you don't want to kind of knock him too much by pulling him off the bench. So you've got, you've got potentially, if you, if Mayenda and Roberts are ready for places on the bench, you've got five players looking for play, places on the bench. You've got people, you've got players on, who were on the bench, who came on, who did well, who were going to be expecting to, Be given another shot. So yeah, it's a strange one. But again, with with the way we set up with Dak and Bellingham, you know, yes, it was it, it it looked good with against sides who came at us and gave us that space and gave players like Dak and Bellingham space with the ball. But when you're trying to break teams down, you tend to want players who play off the last man and get in behind and make those little runs in behind. And naturally Dak and Bellingham want to come to the ball. So you know the the temptation would be to try and maybe stick Rusin or Burstow in there and say, well, you're a focal point or Hamia even, but I think you're right. I mean, it's Tony Mowbray, he's going to go with the same eleven.
1: Yeah, it it we're sitting trying to pick this apart, and obviously we've got to place the spoiler in. We're recording this before he's uh, he's done a press <laughs> conference on 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 the game ahead and all the rest. Of it. And I'm sure he'll have updates on players who've maybe got knocks and who who's actually going to be involved and all the rest of it. But as a general, as a general thing, it is just nice to have options now. Like it's a good headache to have, isn't it? Having oh, all of these players, yeah. because what it, what it should do, particularly when you think about the age of them, you know, we're not we're not talking about a, a squad full of um, players who've been round the block a million times and who maybe don't have that hunger to succeed or prove themselves. We've got a very young team, so all of those players really should be itching to, to prove themselves and prove their worth and be on, on the bench even, just, you know, fighting and battling and clawing just to be on the bench. And I don't know if you saw the 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 video the club put out. It was showing Rusin and Burstow and all the rest of them training. And they were sliding into tattles and 5 asides sides trying to win the ball. Rusin, I think it was Burstow tried to slide and tackle on Rusin. Then Rusin, the ball escaped from him and he slides in just to try and get the goal. And the club commented something along the lines of determination to Get the ball or whatever, but it, it like that's the kind of intensity that you want. You want players coming in straight away, up in the intensity, like Burstow and Rusin and Oshish and and Pembeli when he's fit enough to to take part, and Mayenda when he's involved, and all all these players. You want them in training, playing at full pelt, giving it the, giving it their all, because apparently that's what Rig does and has been doing for a while now, which is what got him noticed. Yeah, I think Mowbray said he's got no respect for the senior pros. He just, you know, he, get, he gets stuck into them. But well, that's what you want because that means going into the games on a weekend, everybody's gave it their all to get in the team. And if you don't, you're not going to be here very long. You're going to get found out. And that can only be a good thing, can't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you're remembering th- these players are coming onto a training pitch full of players who are on the up. I mean, you know, we're unbeaten in three, just on the back of a 5 0 win. So, I mean, they've they have kind of joined in with these training sessions that are probably going 100 miles an hour anyway. So they, they're probably taking the lead off the rest of the players because the rest of the players are stepping it up now because they've seen the, the competition for places. And there was competition for places anyway, even even if we had kind of a, a fairly thin squad, because there was, you know, you, you saw who came on. I mentioned earlier on who came on against Southampton and were pushing the players who were already on the pitch. Rig Bennett Pritchard Hamir all looked kind of sharp when when they came on. You know, Hamir had that shot. I know he had that chance. He should have scored. That I mean, that would have been the icing on the cake, but you know, it wasn't wasn't to be. But you know, you, you look at the impact Bennett and Rig had for that last goal. So they were already pushing, and then you've got the new lads, and I know few of them were were in the crowd. weren't a few of them were in the stadium, like yeah, watching a five nil. So they'll have seen that, thinking, "Bloody hell, you know how how do I get in this side?" So. You know, it's it's just a squad that, that's got their tails up. But you talked about their age and in terms of, you know, the impact of wins. And we talked about after the Southampton game that Mowbray was trying to keep their feet on the ground and at half time and all this sort of stuff. But the opposite is true as well, that Tony Mowbray has got one hell of a job on when he's actually got to drop some of these lads. Because you're talking 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds, they're desperate for games and they've been playing well, Mowbray's got to have a good reason to to take them out. Because otherwise, you know, you can really lose a player, a young lad, if you don't kind of get it right on the kind of mental side of things. If you don't approach it right, you know, a player can react badly or you might just, you know, he might have no faith in the manager if he drops him for no reason. So Tony Mowbray's got to be careful on that side, that he's got a bunch of young lads and they've got to be prepared to to miss out a few games now and then now, you know, like I said, if let's say bar gets dropped after that performance, you know, he had a, he had a scene three of the goals, I think. And Roberts comes straight in. Well, his chin's going to hit the floor, isn't it? Unless Mowbray kind of explains it and says this, this is the deal. And interestingly, actually I was looking at the three nil win at QPR and bar started in that game last (laughs) season. So I don't know whether he came off with about 20 minutes to go. So, yeah, so you can look at it both ways. You know that the tails are up and all this sort of stuff. But Mowbray's got a got a job on his hands to to bring those in. I mean, I was even looking at, um, there's been talk, uh, Pembele is still getting back to fitness, so he's not going to be available for selection for a while. But let's say he was fully fit and he was raring to go and he'd been involved in training this week. Huggins was on the bench in the last game. So what yeah. are you are going to do? Are you going to take Huggins straight out? And then what's that going to do to Huggins? Because He's needing minutes. He wants fitness. He wants to to get back involved. So you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago that Mowbray is struggling for to to pick a team and all this sort of stuff. And now you look all over the pitch, and he's got headaches in every single position.
1: Well, yeah, the the, the players who started against Southampton, if they, if let's say they all they're all fit and ready to go and all the rest of it, they get an hour at least to prove why they should be in the team again, and um. You know, going forward, we see where we go from there. It's just having those options. That's the main thing for me. Is that now it doesn't matter whether we win, lose, or draw. Whether people get injured, whether um, the suspensions and all these things are going to happen. Um, we we have the options and the and the players and the versatility versatility across the board now to mix it up a little bit when we need to. And that 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 can only be a good thing. Um, in terms of this game, though, like we say. Probably going to be the same team, barring any issues between now and and kickoff. How would you see it going? Because I know we've talked about you know it's probably going to be a case of them letting us have the ball. them if they do get their moment, probably taking them on set pieces and all the rest of it, and being how you know being about how much we can deal with that. But if I've got to pin you down for a sort of prediction of how things are going to run in the game, what do you what do you see? Because. <laughs> Obviously, I'll, I'll save mine for a minute. But yeah, I, I think this could be, this could be another big, big result for us.
0: Yeah. Either way, I was just, I was just thinking, just as long as uh, we don't have another goalkeeper howler where it bounces over his head like it did with Jason Steele. Um, back <laughs> or they keeper scoring
1: like in the home, the home version of this game last year, <laughs> around about this time, wasn't it? I think when, uh, when yeah. they at the stadium when they keeper scored.
0: Shocking, but uh, I mean. I was I was thinking about this and I can I can see it going a similar way fingers crossed to uh the last time we played there where I think QPR are gonna be up for it. They're gonna be doing the into a thing and smashing into the with tackles and set pieces and all this sort of stuff early on. I think we might have we might be under a little bit of pressure early on. I think they're gonna do all the set piece things and then we're gonna get into a rhythm, get the first goal. And then go on to win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, reasonably in the end, a comfortable two 0 win. I reckon. I,
1: I, I don't say this because I think you know, I think similar teams or whatever. But I see this going a bit like the Rotherham game, in which you know, although it's a, a closer looking result, I just think, we, I just think we're gonna, we're still gonna win. But I don't say being a route. And I think, I think you know, it'll be a case of us having just a little bit more quality than they've got. You know, and and again, it's going to be a typical with style game. I'm sure they're going to slow it down and all the rest of it. But I just think that I think that we've got better players than they've got, and <laughs> we we more often than not we we do work hard or, or as hard as the opposition. And you know, we have got a st- the odd stinker in us and the odd off day. I know, but I just think we've got a bit of momentum at the minute, and I, th- I think this is one we'll win. And I, it could be a it could be a really big result for us this. If we can go there and get like two or three goals and another three points on the road, it, it, you know, it's just continuing that momentum we've already we've already built up from the Southampton game. And I, I just fancy us in this one to to win in the end fairly comfortably without it getting without getting too carried away and that you know, I think they're gonna compete but ultimately not have enough to match us up.
0: So you're not gonna go for another five 0 win then? Uh, no, no. But well no. oh, that would be nice. It's, as I said earlier. I think it's it's all it's going to be about us how how we break them down when they're just sitting when they're digging on the edge of the box
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether we can off one of their set pieces or something like that catch them on the break. I mean I think that's going to be the trick because I I don't think we'll get much joy if you know we build up slowly and they get into position because that's what with does. He organises his team when they're not when they haven't got the ball because they've hardly ever got the ball. I mean we talked about the possession stats earlier on they've hardly ever got the ball so he he has a shape when they're out of possession so if we do if we kind of march slowly up the pitch with the ball I'm not sure we'll get much joy but if we if we try and catch them on the you know when they've actually come up for a set piece or the you know corner or something like that a bit like we did with Southampton earlier on when we caught them a couple of times on on the break and if we can do that and get an open goal I think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Like I said, I'm I'm not going to get carried away either. I think like I think a 2 0 win, but without you know, as long as we get that first goal. But the problem is if they get the opening goal, as I said earlier, they're the type of team that will just sit on it. They'll just go brilliant. Mm-hmm. We've got a lead. Everybody dig in edge of the box. They won't care about having shots or chances after that. That'll be it. So we just need that first goal.
1: His Wickham team used to like to play man for man. I'm I'm interested to see if if this team's the same (laughs) because not many many teams do that now, do they? Marking man for man, just basically you have a man, you follow him around the pitch. But that can be horrible to play against if you, you know, if they camp in and playing man for man, it, it can be difficult.
0: Well, I'd love to see Jack Colback trying to keep up with Bellingham. I'd love to see that. <laughs>
1: yeah, or or, Ekwa, or or Neil. That's the other thing, you know. We've got players who are in form going into this game, and um, if we find it difficult to break them down, we know that Ekwa knows how to shoot now, which is nice, mm. and uh, and all the rest of <laughs> it. So, you know, I think yeah, I think it's going to be one of those games where it might be a little bit tough to watch at times, but in the end, Sunderland's quality will shine through, and it might, it might just it might be the introduction of. Some new players from the bench. It would be great if someone like Berstow or Rusin, or you know, somebody like that, could could come off the bench and, and change the game for us and win it.
0: All right, then. Well, he's one we talked about the start of eleven. One thing we haven't done because we've got these new signings. Who gets a place on the bench for you then, and who well, comes it, off? Like I say, That's without knowing, one.
1: I, I tried to do this earlier, and it was almost <laughs> impossible. Because I've got the squad sheet in front of us and I've, you know, I've got all the moving parts and all the rest of it. But we've got Bishop is obviously going to be the, the first name on the sheet there because he's the backup keeper. So Bishop will be on the bench. Then you're looking at Huggins. There's the second one. Um, yeah. Triantis and Sealt have both made the bench recently, but Triantis has been away on international duty and I, yeah. I don't know when he's due back and where he is in the world and all the rest of it. So again, it just depends on that. But let's just presume he's back. Them two probably get on there. Um, we have no central midfield players to pick from, so that makes that a bit easy. I don't know how fit Oshish is. I don't think he's played much, so he he might not be trusted on the bench yet. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he might well be a couple of weeks off still before he's involved. Um, but I imagine Patrick Roberts, if he doesn't start, will be on the bench. So there's the fifth one. Alex Pritchard's got to be on the bench. That's the sixth one. Then it gets tough, you know. If, <laughs> if Bennett is back and and Assume he is. Assume he is. He's got to be on there. Rig the same. Yeah. And then you're looking at this. Then we've got three strikers. Burstow, yep. Rusin, Himia. And um, <laughs> Burstow will be on there, I'm sure. And then you're looking at Rusin and Himia, probably Himia. Just judging up because Rusin hasn't played played any football really since the end of last season, I don't think. I think that's the other thing is we don't know how fit some of these players are. He's been left in limbo for a good few weeks now in terms of the mess on that he's had to get over here. And I, I don't think we'll just throw them on the bench. I think they'll be in the matchday squad, but they probably won't be amongst the subs. It's just yeah, tough. It, without without knowing really a lot of the details on the players and how they are and how fit they are, it's tough to say. But even the, even then, I've probably just reeled off like 13, 14 names. And then there's players I've missed like... Um, you know Johnson, who's been making the bench, and Ellis Taylor, who's been making the bench, and so you know we've got lots of players to
0: pick from. Yeah, pr- getting proper splinters in your ass sitting on the fence there, not, <laughs> not kind of uh, calling it out. But you, I mean, you, you called it there when you said if you if you take Amir off the bench, I mean that's going to be a massive blow to him. You know if he's fully fit and one of them new signings just slots straight in, who who maybe not kind of fully match fit. And it's one of the it's one of those decisions I was talking about earlier that Mowbray has got to get right, and he's got to mm-hmm. he's got to pitch it so he he really doesn't lose some of these players because, like I say, they were you know they might have come from the bench, but they played their part in a five nil win. So he, yeah, he's got it'll be it'll be as much as you know we're assuming it's the starting eleven. It's going to be as interesting to see who's on the bench.
1: Yep. Yeah, well. Um... We will see on Saturday, I suppose, when he when he names the team and all the rest of it. But um, it is nice to have that problem now. I'm not going to lie, I, I love the yeah. fact we've got options, and I think that's been one of the best things about the transfer windows that we just came out of it with so much depth now, and we still got players to come back as well. Don't forget, you know, we've got Alicia, we've got Matete A. over the next month or two, hopefully back involved, and then Evans in the new year, and then it'll be January again, and we'll be looking at the squad and thinking, right, where can we get players out on loan? Where can we make additions and you know, it's 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 just an exciting time, and I think that's again, like I said before, just having that competition for places is is fantastic. And let's just hope it's, uh it's seen as a as a positive from everyone. I mean, the players have arrived; they've obviously known what they're walking into, and and that that's the other thing. You know that it puts everyone on a level playing field to a degree. Obviously, you know, a couple of people have got safe places, but otherwise, it's a case of if you don't perform, there's somebody waiting to come in beneath you, and that can only be a good thing
0: yeah and the, the other thing to take into account as well is Mowbray will be looking ahead you know you're talking about these players building up fitness I mean we've got a game on Wednesday so yeah Mowbray will be thinking you know if they're not if they're there or thereabouts he might just hold them back those extra few days and say right well I'll give these lads another go now see what happens and then we've got Wednesday if if he thinks he needs to change it up
1: yeah, well, aye. busy few days for us, busy few days for Sunderland, and um, we'll be this? back in the aftermath of the match with with a review show. Um, so make sure you join us back for that. Also, make sure you pre-order our book. I'm going to keep plugging this to death. <laughs> uh, but, yes, you can now pre-order SCFC 365 from the Love Supreme uh, merch shop. So make sure you head over there, pre-order the book. It's out in October, hopefully. It only costs you £10. All the profit goes to Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen, and uh, in exchange you get a, a brilliant book mostly put together by the other man on this podcast chris so uh, do us all a favor make sure you pre-order that book and you'll get yourself a nice bit of merch in october
0: yeah cheers chris thanks as always mate no worries i've got myself nervous because uh, I've, I've tipped us to win i'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well i always tip us to win don't i it's kind of me thing now Cheers to listeners, thanks for joining us and we'll catch you back after the game.